privilege to be able to come so freely, gather together, lift up the praises of our God. Father, this morning all around the city, people are doing that in churches and we commend them to you this morning. I ask that your presence would rest on every church, every venue, every place, every home that's lifting up the name of Jesus Christ this morning. They would know your presence, Holy Spirit. There'd be a touch of God on every gathering. In Jesus' name, we lift our country to you as well. We thank you for this mighty country. And Father, we declare your blessing over our leaders. Father, bless them with wisdom. Bless them with wise decisions. Bless them with foresight. Bless them with insight, I pray, in Jesus' name. And we also cast our mind over the globe, all those different countries we're supporting, different people. Holy Spirit, touch them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Let their uh, lives be fruitful. Let as they work with purpose, 
Father, let them see something for the effort they're putting on as the kingdom kingdom of God advances in Jesus' name. Amen. How are you doing? You're sounding good? You're looking good? Brilliant. Well, it's a great privilege today. We've got Pastor Patrick Fitzgerald with us from Dublin. On the count of three, why don't you say, good morning, Pat, okay? One, two, three. Awesome, awesome. Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, it is great to have you here. And uh, can I encourage you as you leave after the meeting, there's a table at the back with some white bags on it. There'll be someone there. There'll also be someone in the foyer if you just go right immediately. And there's a table there with bags, different information about who we are as a church, what we're doing, what we're believing God for. And uh, I encourage you to take a bag and uh, if you'd like to leave your details, we'll do anything we can to help you in your journey with Jesus. So welcome. How about you turn around, say hello to a few people around you. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. Just pretend you've been old mates for years. your picture of is of commitment to the cause but I got a new picture for commitment to the cause on Friday night Jay and Jordan why don't you two just come up here for a moment I want you both up here I'm not I'm not trying to embarrass them but they'll be embarrassed see them hobbling look at these knees they're all carpet burns and and Jordan's feet as well that's commitment to the cause at youth on Friday night and uh we had Patrick here. I, I heard I heard little noises of pain coming from the shower the following morning. It's a beautiful thing. You sit down now. I just really wanted to. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's good, isn't it? 100% effort. Well, actually, I told Jordan it was 60% effort. It hasn't gone to the bone. That would have been 100%. But uh, it's, it's how it works. Fantastic. Well, in this last week, who's had a birthday or an anniversary? It's Luke's birthday today on the drums. Happy birthday, Luke. No other birthdays, no other anniversaries. Come and see me. Come and see me. The duck at wedding anniversary. Did I read 28 years? 28 years, that is worth a hand. Come on, happy anniversary. It's wonderful. Birthdays, anniversaries. Fantastic. Birthday, anniversary. Second year anniversary, that's worth the clap. Absolutely. Two years. Right. Any other birthdays or anniversaries? This is it this morning. Well, we're going to declare God's best blessing over these guys. So why don't you jump up on your feet? great to declare God's blessing over people. Here we go, ready? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year 
activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name. Amen. How about giving these guys a massive big hand? Congratulations. Well done. couple of things you need to know about in the next week. We have a men's breakfast happening next Saturday, 7am here. You need to sign up in the hub and hopefully you've got to slip a piece of paper with all the details on that as you came in if you're a man. The other one is um, Girls Day Out is a fortnight's time. We've got Esther Greenwood's going to be with us for the weekend. Esther is a fantastic communicator and um, she's going to be part of Girls Day Out then she'll be with us on Sunday. But if you're a lady between 13-ish and 113-ish, you really need to be at Girls' Day Out. It's going to be a fantastic day, and uh, you'll have a whole lot of fun. You'll make some new friends, and um, you know God may just well speak to you as well. So that could be a great day. I want to thank you for being purposed in your giving, and um, you know your giving really allows us as a church to do the things that God has asked us to do. And it's a significant release when everybody is part of the team. You'll remember I mentioned a few weeks ago that we were giving school bags and books and um, lunch boxes, etc., to some of the primary schools in Hamilton to really help out the families that were in need that just couldn't afford those things. Had this card come in this week. Dear Activate Church, just want to say a huge thank you for the very generous gift of the school bags. We are very grateful we have been given, uh, we are very grateful. We have been giving them out to children as needed. Last week I had the privilege of giving them to three children who had enrolled after leaving the refugee camp. Their faces showed such tremendous joy that it brought a tear to my eye. That's from the principal of the school at Bankwood. Isn't that good? That's fantastic, eh? That's really, it's just great. So that's us together. Extending the kingdom, taking the values of the kingdom into our community. It's wonderful. Well, kids, you can go. Thank you so much. Thank you, leaders. You are champions, all of you. Have a great time. was a great picture. Wouldn't it be great to go back to the days when the biggest decision you had in life was whether you were going to turn left or right when you go out for kids' church? Awesome. Well, Mike, we get to celebrate communion together this morning, and uh, Mike's going to come and lead us. How about giving him a hand as he comes? Good morning. It's a good morning today. Very good. Awesome. Okay, hosts, great, you're on to it. So just distribute the elements and when you receive them, can you just please hold them and we'll take them together at the end. So for me, of lately, I've just been, well, it's been dwelling for a while really, the, just a reminder of the extent of what Christ has done for us and that, that, the glory and the wonder of it 
And um, so I want to, my aim today is to paint, paint a word picture for you. So here we go. This is, I need to read it because of, <laughs> yeah. So God so loved the world that he gave. He gave Jesus, who being in the form of God, emptied himself and took on the form of a servant, being made in human likeness, becoming one of us. He entered into our world, experiencing this world and its troubles, yet he overcame. He was a man familiar with suffering, despised and rejected by men, who bore our sorrows and took up our infirmities, was tempted in every way like us, yet was without sin. He silenced accusers. He ate and drank with those scorned by society, giving them hope. He esteemed the miners and healed all who came to him. He rebuked hypocrites and those who put on people burdens too heavy for them to carry. He comforted those who mourned, giving them beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He brought good news, who healed the brokenhearted and provided freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. He spoke life-giving wisdom and truths to fishermen, to farmers, to tax collectors, carpenters and builders, homemakers, soldiers, servants, leaders, to rich, to poor, to half-castes, to outcasts, to all manner of folk in society. He was gentle and humble in heart, was full of grace and truth, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. He restores, he makes whole, he redeems and sanctifies. He gives rest to the weary and gently leads those who have young, who instructs sinners in their ways. Did he not leave the 99 to find the one? Did he not stand up for those despised by society? Did he not welcome the least and little ones? Did he not encourage the weary, provide for the hungry and help the needy? He is one who never leaves us, nor forsakes us. He never falters, nor is discouraged. He is faithful, steadfast, and true. His plans for us are for good, to prosper, to give us a hope and a future. We can rely on Him. We can put our hope in Him, our faith and our trust in Him. He is our ever-present help in times of trouble. But He didn't stop there. He came to destroy the works of the evil one, the devil, the deceiver and accuser of our souls, who binds, take captive, steals, kills and destroys. He came to serve and not to be served, to lay down his life as a ransom for us. He was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He endured death on a cross, but the grave couldn't hold him, for no sin was found in him, nor deceit in his mouth. He fulfilled the law, was raised to life. That's why it is written, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no bridge too high or bridge too far did he cross for the sake of his love. For he paved the way to God, our Heavenly Father, that we might have right fellowship again with him and with each other. He redeems, restores, reconciles. He builds up, strengthens, heals and delivers. He protects, he comforts and counsels. His way is peace and his path leads to life, to life more abundantly and life eternal. He is worth celebrating today. Amen to that. So if you've received communion, can we just stand together? I just want to really honor what Christ did today. Let's just raise raise up our, our glasses. The juice whoopsie, representing his blood poured out, his life freely given, and the bread broken for us that we might have life behold and make restore.
Let's just take a moment and thank Him. Lord, we honour You. Lord, we lift up Your name. We exalt Your name, who You are, what You did, what You're going to do also, Lord, in us. Thank You for saving us, for redeeming us, giving us life. Lord, and we remember You and honour You today. Thank You, Jesus. So let's just take a moment, eat and drink together. Thanks, Mike. I've got a goal whenever we come together, whenever we gather, and that's that we create an environment where each one of us can intimately connect with Jesus. And so we come to an environment and we praise Him and we worship Him, not, not because it's just something we want to do or we want to fill in a few minutes while people arrive and that kind of stuff. No, it's a biblical pattern that we come into his courts, into the, through his gates with praise and thanksgiving. It's a biblical pattern. It's the way God tells us to do it. In a sense, it's like we come in from our week and we kind of get facing toward God and we walk through the gates. And then as we progress forward, my desire for each one of us is that we know what it is to have an intimate connection with Jesus. And you know in the scripture, I think it's um, is it 100 or 101, 100 I think, Psalm 100. It says, come into his, through his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. It's literally an invitation to come into the lounge room of God. And I want to invite you to do that during these next few minutes. Now, we're facing toward God now. Hopefully you're facing toward God. You come in and the stuff of the week's dropped off you. And I invite you now to really open your heart before him. Open yourself before Him and let's allow yourself to literally come into the lounge room of our Creator. Father, I pray that distractions that we're still carrying would drop off right now in Jesus' name. Father, we literally push them to the left and to the right. We rope our mind and we rein our mind into bring honour and glory to you. Father, in my mind's eye, I see myself walking into your lounge room now. And Holy Spirit, I ask that in these next few minutes, you would rest on every person in this place, that every person would know your presence. Father, if there's people amongst us this morning, and I pray there are, who have never known your presence to this point, I ask that you would show yourself so real to them in the next few minutes. So we acknowledge that you're here, Holy Spirit, and we thank you, and we honour you, and we're open to you. In Jesus' name. Jesus is calling. 
Jesus is calling Come 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 to the altar Come to my lounge room I've prepared it for you did it all for you I'm calling you Are you hurt? Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus
Sing it out to him today. Thank you, Jesus, for rising, for rising from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. Because of you, we have life. Because of you, we can walk in truth. Because of you, we have the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with doesn't take away the the words that are in our spirit. We have a new song for you this morning. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Look at that. You can sing along with whatever words you have in your spirit. he loves to hear from you. 
He loves the song in our heart. For him, it's the best written song ever. No one else can duplicate the song that we have on our heart because it's between him and I. Relationship between you and him. And the words, oh, the love of my saviour. Oh, the love of my king. Means something different to each one of us, doesn't it? Because he's taken us on a journey in our lifetime. And whatever that journey has been, hard or easy, he's been right there. Right there. Right in front of us, leading us, and right beside us, walking beside us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love.
to that last line. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. I love that. Just let your spirit soar. Let go. Let go of your internal boundaries, your internal resistance. Just allow your spirit to soar in the presence of God. 
wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank you, team. Thank you, Techno team, for pushing through this morning with all the difficulties that we had. And the, they did good, eh? They just set a great environment for us to worship our King. Great environment. No one said it would always be easy. <laughs> well, it is my incredible pleasure this morning to introduce Pastor Patrick Fitzgerald from Dublin, Ireland, to you. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about having Patrick with us this morning because it's a divine appointment. It's a divine appointment for us, having Patrick here this morning, but it's also a divine appointment for us, and it's a divine appointment for Patrick as well. And um, God crossed our paths around about three years ago, and um, you know, we, we connected really quickly and really well. And you know, who, who knows where things are going, but I can tell you this is a divine relationship. It's a divine connection. I took one look at him and saw his haircut and I went, praise God, there's a friend. And then I discovered he played the trumpet. That's even better still. So, oh no, I'm being told off now by my mother-in-law for not playing. Patrick and I discussed it briefly. <laughs> We're of one accord. No. <laughs> anyway, it's great. I've had the great privilege of um, being in Patrick's church uh, twice in Dublin. Accompanied one time with Jan. It was wonderful. Meet his children, his three daughters and his wife, Sean, and get to know them a little. And I'm really excited about the journey ahead where God's taking us, and, and uh, it's very exciting. But can you please give Patrick a wonderful hand as he comes this morning? Make him feel at home in New Zealand. Fantastic. Yeah, praise God, amen. Take your seats up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I've traveled many places around the world, met many people, but I just want to say to Shan and Sheridan, oh, I'm a bit tearful. I don't cry very easy. Oh, gee. My wife said, don't shout and don't cry. That's okay. No. You, you meet ministers as you travel and you stay in homes and you, you know, but you are beautiful people. Honestly, yeah. in every sense. I really mean that. You're beautiful, beautiful people. Honestly. You know what? People say you're a great preacher, but you might be a horrible person. Do you know what I mean? So that's true, isn't it? But you're, you're, you're really beautiful people, honest to God. Now. Really. And I felt the Lord tell me to tell you, Jan, it's time for you to step out of the boat. And not to completely be under your husband's covering. And what came to me when I was in L.A. was that when Peter stepped out of the boat, he looked to Jesus. The men were in the boat. They had their call. They were called for a specific purpose. You were called for a specific purpose. And what I felt the Lord say is, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, and don't even look down. Just look up. It's time to get out of the boat. You know, the enemy tried when you were a kid. 
to stop you from fulfilling. You had many challenges. You've overcome many challenges. For this is the time to step out of the boat. There's nothing in the past will stop you now. And you know what I'm talking about. And you are an infectious individual. Your smile lightens up the house. And you've got a gentle spirit that will bring many. But it's time to get out of the boat. Stay away from him. <laughs> and walk your own path. Okay. Jake. 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 Jake and this young girl. What's that girl's name again? Now I'm going to tell you something for you both, right? But I want you to hear clearly. Okay? You both together, not as girlfriend and boyfriend. Okay? Because people always, Christians zone in, you know? You know what I mean? You know? You can have a friend that's a girl, like, seriously, like, you know what I mean? As Christians, that's okay. Like. You both together can have an impact on the kingdom of God. In past generations, there was D.L. Moody and, and Sankey. If you go through the generations, the Jeffreys Burrs, the Wesley brothers, there's something sometimes with a combination of two ministries that can effectively affect the generation. And you both have that sense of the purpose of God in your life. There's a mantle that God's placed on your life, Jay. Okay? And you, sweetheart. There's a mantle. And I, and I felt the Lord says, you know, that's why I sat down, I was praying in my mind, that together you can affect colleges and universities. It's in God, sometimes there's something of an attraction, it's a favor, it's a mantle that God just seems to sovereignly put on people's lives. I've seen people try to get that, I've seen people try to kick that into, bring it to themselves. God chooses just to place it. And he's placed it on your both lives. And your friendship, platonic as it is, can be effectively effective for the generation that need Jesus. And I think you both should set up an evangelistic team. And God will open the doors for you both, honestly. You have something from heaven, the two of you. And I think working together, collaboration, under the accountability of the pastors and the, the leaders of the house, you can work together and really do something great for the kingdom of God. I can't think of your man's name. Colunde, his name is. He walked with Reinhard Bonke. And I felt over there, you've got the same mantle from God. You really have, my brother. You've got that sense of the presence of heaven in your spirit. You know? There's this deep sense of God. You know? And you share just small with me and there's that sense of God and, and I think you're going to sister you're going to travel to many countries and uh, there's the sense of the Heidi Baker obedience in your spirit and I want you to study and listen to Heidi Baker she's infectious for the kingdom of God she has done things for the kingdom that very few have ever done and uh, your man Johnson said it wasn't her Ability, it was her obedience to the call. And you are one that has obedience to the call. And I, and I felt this, parents, and I say this under the house, you're not to be involved in it. That sounds strange. You're to stay out of it. Let God do his thing. 
As parents, we tend to, you know, gather around. I just sense, I've been praying for the two of them over the last few days. Stay out of what God is doing. Often when people are slain in the spirit, we have a tendency to jump on them. Stay out of it. Let God do his thing. You know? And uh, I'm going to pray with you at the end, right? And Luke as well. I don't know where Luke has gone. But Luke, you know, I feel something for Luke and Maria from Korea. So, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. I'm going to change my sermon a little bit this morning. I felt the Lord say change it a little bit as from the last session. But the, the, the title of this sermon is this. And before we get into it, tonight we're going to have a meeting. And I feel God wants to do something incredible in this incredible church. And uh, if we, everybody can come tonight and bring your granny and your uncle or whatever, and let's see people saved. I believe God wants to bring salvation to many people. Me and Luke were in the shopping mall yesterday. He was dragging me out of the mall because we were winning souls for Jesus. <laughs> Poor Luke, you know, I felt sorry for him and Maria from Korea. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> my wife will kill me. I hope she doesn't look at this podcast. She, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> We saw a few people. So I think there's two young girls coming to the church tonight because we met them in the mall talking about the Lord. and It's great, you know. But I, 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 the title of this sermon is this. It's time to dream again. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the presence of heaven in this room. We thank you for that anointing that breaks the oak and brings tremendous release in the heart of many. And I pray, Father, that in the name of Jesus, that you will bless Bless this message. I'm going to share a bit about my story. I feel to share a little bit about it. I come from the toughest part of the city of Dublin. It's known as the crack cocaine capital of the, of the country. It's where most crack addicts live. And I grew up in probably at a time in the 70s and 80s where all the inner city kids and all the people from flats, they were calling them days, were all brought to one or two neighborhoods. And so therefore, in my neighborhood, all the, the, the low caste, the most difficult families of the city were brought into one place. And so I, I, I was raised in that neighborhood. It's a working class, and we call it corporation estates. Uh, it's a low social um, area. It's a low education area. It's full of crime, drug addicts, prostitution, gangland murders. All that's there is, is in that neighborhood. And today it's worse than it's ever been. And we've started a small church there. Just to give you an example, in that church on, on, a, on, a, on a Tuesday night, there will be someone that is addicted to speed. There's a meth addict. There's a girl that was a prostitute for 10, 12 years give you an example. She came into the meeting two weeks ago. Her daughter kicked her in the mouth and broke her teeth. And she was sitting in the meeting. Her teeth were hanging down. The guy who was sitting next to her was a speed addict. Been a speed addict for 30 years. He sleeps average two hours a day in, his, in the last 18 years. His son died of an overdose of methadone. And so I, I, I was raised in an environment like that. And therefore, in an environment like that, you, you, you don't dream. You have no dreams. I had a tremendous ability as a soccer player as a kid, but that was all destroyed because there was no encouragement. There was no sense of pushing it towards a dream. Therefore, you, you, you exist with no dream. You have no vision. You have no purpose. 
and you have no goals in life. Teacher said to me when I was at 14 years of age, son, there's two places, prison or dead, or you'll end up dead. That's where you'll end up, son. There's no, there's no hope for you. You're a hopeless case. And uh, you failed everything in school and you'll fail everything in life. And therefore, you live like that. You think like that. You, you, you breathe like that. And therefore, you exist like that. And so therefore, there's, there's a sense of hopelessness that grips you that often you can't shake from you. I've known friends of mine that were brilliant individuals. I had two friends that I used to rob when I was a teenager. We used to rob cars together. Horses, we used to rob horses. Can you imagine? Like John Wayne going down the road, like jumping over the, ro jumping over the walls in our state. All the lights were out. The police were terrified. This guy was shot dead five years ago in a bar. He's a friend of mine. A fellow went in and shot him dead. And he studied law in prison, and he ended up with a master's degree in law. This fellow was, had a pretty sharp individual. But when he was 14, his father used to take him out of bed and send him to the village to rob the post office and bring the money back to the house. He had aspirations, I would imagine, somewhere in his heart to do something. But because of the environment and because of the system and because of the low, low housing situation and the lack of education, he ended up being a gangster. And it's only by the grace of God I stand here, friend. And I'm, I'm grateful that God stepped into my world when I was 24 years of age. I didn't deserve it. I was a very immoral individual. I caused much harm to many people as a teenager and growing up. I had no feelings. I never felt for years. I, I decided not to feel anything. And emotionally, I died when I was 16, 17 years of age. But it was by the grace of God and I felt in my spirit as I was sitting there to say this, there's always a second chance with God. I don't know who's in this room, but I felt it so strong in my spirit that you've given up on life, you've given up on dreaming, you've given up on the whatever vision God placed in your heart. I'm here to tell you from another part of the world that God is not done with you yet. And it ain't over, as we say in the West, and, and, and where I live is till the fat lady sings. And in other words, it ain't over till God says it's over. Yeah. And in Acts chapter 2, there's an incredible verse that says, In the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Yeah. It says, Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It says, Young men will have visions. Old men will dream dreams. Male and, male and female servants will prophesy. And then it jumps down and says, And those who call upon the Lord shall be saved. Now, I never knew that verse existed until I got saved. I wish I would have been raised in an environment like this. I wish I would have had pastors like this in a church like this as a teenager, as a young person. And let me tell you something. The greatest testimony is not someone that has lived my life. The greatest testimony on planet Earth is those who go to church, raised in Christian homes, who are willing to obey God above everything, willing to come to church when all that sick world has to offer is drug addiction, immorality, pornography, and all that crap that's out there is drawing our, our young generation into a cesspool of just filth and garbage. Let me tell you, the greatest testimony is those who are willing to stand against that and prophesy against that, that God is bigger, God is greater, and God is more powerful. 
Let me tell you, when, when, he, when he wrote the book of Acts, when he says there, your sons and daughters will prophesy, let me tell you something. Do you know what he's saying there? God is saying that there's a generation coming when I'm going to pour out my spirit on those who are even young, like this young kid and that young girl, that they will prophesy to a generation that God is an awesome God, God is a loving God, and that junk out there is not the path that you should take, but this is the path that you should take, and that all those chairs at the back will be full of young people raising their hands and glorifying Jesus. That's what God was saying in Joel chapter 2. In those last days, I'm going to do something extraordinary to a generation that seems dead, that seems lifeless, that I'm going to pour out my spirit and bring change. Hallelujah. Well, I was 24 when that happened. Let me tell you where that happened. My brother got saved. He was, a, he was a, marijuana, a marijuana addict. He was nuts. He was violent. He was a troublesome individual. He was always causing problems. We were everywhere. He was a boxer, a very violent individual. He got miraculously saved in the church when he, he was plastering the wall, would you believe? Two ex-addicts came in and said, you need Jesus. He jumped on the ground, gave his heart to Christ, and he said he saw a life from heaven touch his life. And from that moment on, he began to say, I didn't even like him. Because he was very violent to me on three occasions. He kicked me from one end of a field to another for no reason as a child. So he got, he got saved. And he gave me a Bible. I just thought, seriously, you and the Jesus thing, you need to go and sit in a park somewhere. So I'm in the middle of Spain and I'm drinking excessively and I'm sleeping with women and I'm doing all that you do. But here's the thing, here's the deal. I felt so empty, so lost. And so hopeless. So I'm out one night partying till dawn to dust. And I wake up in this apartment. I met this girl from the UK. And we used to go partying together till 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in the morning. And I wake up this morning and I'm, I'm stoned. I'm drunk. I have a hangover. I grew up to go to the bathroom. I walk into the bathroom and I meet Jesus. And I walk out saved. <laughs> in the last days, I will pour out my flesh my spirit on all flesh. No matter how dark, no matter how deep, no matter how sick it is, God doesn't see that. He sees the soul of a human being and he wants to cause an eruption. He wants to provo provoke that individual to walk away from that garbage and walk into the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a young man, I got saved. And all of a sudden, I saw things completely different. I saw God can give me a second chance. I left school with nothing. I left empty with, uh, with an education. Everybody said I was stupid and dumb and, and daft and I'd never do anything. And here I am at 26 years of age, walking into a Bible college, wondering how the heck am I going to do this? But your word says, Lord, you'll pour out all, all spirit on all my flesh and you will enable me, you will strengthen me, you will encourage me, you will push me and you will help me do something I've never done before. Because in the last days, friend, God wants a generation like you and me being filled with dreams and visions that the purpose of God on planet Earth is to affect and bring change to our society. Hallelujah. Because we have the message of hope. We have the message living in us. We have the message breathing upon us. But the church has become so inward focused that we are losing the outward focus of the vision. And the dream of God is to win a lost generation for Christ. That's what we're called to do. 
And therefore, the moment I got saved, I began to win souls for Jesus. Every person, I, I nearly led a donkey to Jesus. I was so radical for Christ. Honestly, I talked to a donkey one time. And I wasn't drunk. I just love Jesus because he's the God of the second chance. He's the God of a dream. Go back to Joseph's life, 17, fill the dream. Arrogance and pride wreck his life for years. He's sitting in a dungeon wondering, will this dream ever be fulfilled? And there's so many people in the church like Joseph. God gave them a dream maybe when they were 12 or 14. And life has nothing but tragic and difficult events and caused problems. And, and you're sitting like Joseph in a dream. You're wondering, will God ever fulfill that dream? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Joseph is brought to the, to, the, to the place where the king is. And all of a sudden, he goes from a prison to a palace. All of he goes from a place of emptiness to a place of fulfillment. He changed not only his life, he affects a generation, saves a nation, and sorts out so many other things. Hallelujah. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe God gave you a vision. Maybe God imparted a dream in you when you were a kid, and life has caused so many problems, situations, and you feel locked in like a, like a caged animal. I'm here to release you this morning to fulfill the dream that God placed in your heart, and God will, play, God will fulfill his dream. Because he is building his church. And let me tell you something. His church is not bricks and mortar. His church is people. And he's building in his people for the generations and the generations to come glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm not even looking at my notes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what God can do with one life. Change a nation. Let me give you another example. Young girl. Let's call a spade a spade this morning. Let's rip off the mask and let's get the Bible real here today. There's a young girl called Esther. She's, a, she's actually human trafficked. We all have this ideal, ideal. She's in the palace and she's looking. Let me tell you something. When you read the account of Esther, she's actually being trafficked as a prostitute. That's the reality of her situation. And actually it's worse for her. She's an orphan. So she doesn't even have family. And now she's sitting in a palace. And actually, the deal is, if she's not the most beautiful, she's actually thrown at the dump hill. Because once the king sleeps her, she's just thrown to the dump hill. God saw something in her. And she saw something in God. No parents, trafficked, a prostitute. Funny how God uses prostitutes, isn't it? There's a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus. Why? Because those who are hopeless, once God touches, he puts hope in them. Once God touches them, he puts a vision in them. He puts a dream in them. And there she is standing in the middle of all of this slop and garbage. And she finds favor with someone in the palace grounds. I wonder who actually put that together. God put it together. God orchestrated everything to save a nation, friend. God put a dream in her. It wasn't for herself. It was for a nation that was destined for destruction. But God saw 
years and prior generations that he found a young kid who was thrown into human trafficking. He would touch your life, change your life, put something in her life to affect a generation. And maybe you're sitting here this morning. Maybe you have a dreadful past. Maybe you have a broken past. Maybe you have a difficult life. I want to tell you something this morning. No matter what the enemy has meant for evil, God will turn for good. Glory to God. Because this God is their God and he changes not. He's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. His plan, his purpose and his kingdom shall be established on this earth regardless of what Satan says or what he does. Hallelujah. I'm Pentecostal just in case you don't know. Funny the first church is Pentecostal. Hallelujah. But here's the question. I'm just going to use some of my notes. What would you say is your specific purpose on planet Earth? The very fact you're still here means God's not done with you. But I want to provoke you with the Holy Spirit. You weren't born again just to escape eternal damnation. You weren't born again just to have a nice job and be a happy individual. You weren't born again just to have a nice family, nice car, nice house, and have a nice bank balance and have nice food. <laughs> Special food in this house. You're all invited out to church. <laughs> Sorry, John. Let the cat out of the bag. You were born again for the purpose and the plan of God and the kingdom of God to be established. Whatever place you are established in, whether it's New Zealand, Africa, China, the very place that God has planted you and God makes no mistakes. Let me tell you, he placed you, he made you born again. He's established you in that place at this hour, in this generation to cause change. And listen, to bring change. But I asked the question, what will you do for his kingdom? Jeremiah chapter 1 says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God saw the garbage I had to go through. He saw a child at 12 nearly drowning. He saw a child at 13 falling, trying to rob a school, falling from the top of a roof this side, and landing beside a toilet seat inches away when I was 12 years of age. I was actually trying to rob the place, and I ended up sitting at the side of, of, the, of the toilet, nearly breaking my neck and jumping up and running off, scared stiffless. God saw that. God saw when I used to rob cars and drink and take drugs. God saw that garbage. He saw all that. And the enemy was parading, saying, look, just like Job. Oh, let me at him. Let me at him, God. I'll see how far he goes and see what he does. But you know what? What the devil didn't understand was I was so radical for the world that when Christ touched my life, I became radical for Jesus because I realized that that God is my God and he saved me and he transformed me and he put me back together. Let me tell you, Satan, you can do what you like, say what you like. This God is bigger, greater, more powerful than anything you can say. And that's why I'm radical for Jesus. Because I saw all that as a kid. I saw all that potential 
I saw everything that God put in me. Do you know, I've got chronic dyslexia. Honestly, you say, Paul, I push. That's how bad it is. I used to trip over as a kid all the time. I used to look in the classroom and think, what the heck is on that blackboard? But deep in me, I had a dream. I wanted to do something in my life. I remember at 19 years of age, after being drinking all night, sitting at the... At my mother's front room watching the TV and Bob Geldof had just decided to do something for Ethiopia. And there's a scene in, in what Bob Geldof says. He says to his wife, Pauline, um, Pauline, um, go to me now. He says to his wife, when he sees the scene of Ethiopia, he said, I was born for such a time as this. I was born to do something for Ethiopia. And I remember Geldof saying that. He's from Dublin. He's from Blackrock, a very posh area. And I remember, I remember looking at the TV saying, God, I didn't say God. I said, you know, I'd just love to do something with my life. I'd love to do something, something. And I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit was provoking me at 19, saying, I'm going to put a dream in your life, son. I'm going to put a vision in your life. And you're going to bring change. And you're going to cause change. And you're going to build the kingdom of God and you're going to establish the kingdom of God because the dream is everlasting. It never stops. It's eternity. It's full of eternity. Friend, I don't know what you're sitting here for this morning. I don't know what you've been to, but I want to tell you, there's a dream from eternity being birthed in your life, being provoked in your system, that when you walk out of this door, you will say, like I said as a kid, God, I'll serve you for the rest of my days. Praise God. Praise God for the dream. And you see, I've been at altar calls and altar calls and altar calls. For years, I used to go to every altar call. When I was a Bible college student, I sat in a meeting one time with a, with a pastor from India, Pastor Ivan from Calcutta, a powerful preacher. And he, he, I remember what he preached in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And he said to 70 students, if you really want to serve God, if you really want God to put a dream in you, come to the altar. And he said to 60 students, you just leave the, the chapel because you're not interested. And 10 of us walked forward. And he said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, are you willing to serve God even when it gets hard and difficult? And, and really when hell comes out, I looked at him and said, I'll serve God till the very day I die. And he laid hands on my head that night. And I remember as a 27-year-old kid, I remember heaven evoking me and provoking me and do something in me. And I remember getting off that chapel floor, weeping before heaven, saying, God, I'll serve you till the ends of the earth. And it's a funny thing. I'm standing at the end of the earth when you think geographically, look what God can do. <laughs> funny, isn't it? I'm standing in the end of the earth. I said that as a 27-year-old kid, not knowing I would travel all over the world. Listen, I'm not even qualified to get on a plane. <laughs> the way I was heading, I wouldn't have had a passport. I wouldn't have had a driver. I would have had a prison door. I called, called a prison cell. That's where I was heading. But God in His mercy, God in His grace, God in His, in His incredible faithfulness did something to my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you, friend, he can do the same for you. Yeah. Praise God. All it takes is one decision to follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me tell you something. You are sitting in this church for a reason. Not to just let your, your little toodly toodly legs be comfortable. Not for your backside to be warm. My wife will really kill me. You know what? You're sitting here for the purpose and the plan of God to see that empty chair filled, to see those empty chairs filled, that this church not only become a church in this area, but it will affect this city, affect this nation, and affect the globe. Hallelujah. That's what God has. 
That's the dream of God, you see. That's what God sees because as Hudson Taylor said one time, the, the missionary to inland missions, he said, stop looking at a small God because we've got a big God. And if there's a big God, there's a big plan, there's a big dream, there's a big vision. Let's be part of the big plan. Yeah. Hallelujah. How long have I got? Hold on, I've got to get my glasses on. Gee, that's just age. <laughs> right, let me close because I want to show a video as we close, and then I'm going to open up the altar, because a lot of young kids here need to get right with Jesus and serve the king. Let me close with this. As I said, Joseph had a dream, but he was a slave, hopeless case. Esther saved the nation. She was an orphan and heading towards prostitution. Moses brought about the greatest deliverance on planet earth, but he was a runaway and a murderer. Funny that. Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He was murdering Christians as a young boy. As a young teenager, young man, he wrote three quarters of the New Testament, changed the face of the planet. Peter conquered the world, yeah, he was just a mere fisherman. Ordinary people with an extraordinary God, with an extraordinary dream that God can only put in the heart of an individual. And actually, we can't even work this out. It's God's working it out through us. Hallelujah. You and I stand in the time of history of the church. Everyone's mocking the church and saying how bad the church is. Let me tell you something, the church is causing change. Church is causing change. Generations and decades have passed. In every generation there has been men and women who have dreamed. And those who had vision have done great exploits for the kingdom of God. Will you join with those in past generations who've gone on before you? Will you take up the torch and run for the kingdom of God? Will you join with Sheridan and Jan and see this church explode? See this church become an, an influence in the city and the nation of New Zealand? That's what God has for this church. Seriously. It's never too late to dream big dreams. Can we play that video, buddy? Praise God. I hope it works. We could turn out the lights of you all. Diligence makes the difference between all-time greats and one-hit wonders. For the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. So pick yourself up, shake your past off, put one foot in front of the other, and do it again. When you hear that little voice saying, no one believes in you, you're too far behind, you're too small, this isn't working and this isn't worth it, another voice rises to remind you that the same power, the same strength, the same spirit that raised the Savior from a borrowed grave is alive and active in you. This is your guarantee of complete victory. The same God who delivered you from the lion and the bear can and will deliver this new giant into your hands. So draw the line, take your stand. Just like you wielded your weapons last time, do it again. 
You've been here before. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. And if he caused you to triumph back then, be confident, he'll do it again. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ is the same. And in his name, you are unstoppable. He's the author and finisher of your future and your faith. All things are started and sustained by his grace. He has never failed, never faltered, never wavered, never lost, and he's not about to start. But receiving this promise requires perseverance. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many begin, few are finished. So don't just do it, do it again. I know sometimes it's hard to keep it moving when you can't see your progress, when you've lost your perspective, when the pain has pushed you past your breaking point. But this is no time to tap out. This is no time to back down. This is no time to turn around because the end of yourself is the beginning of him. The end of your strength is the beginning of his. So fix your focus, wake your courage, stir your confidence, and do it again. The dream God put inside of you is free, but to see it come to pass, you'll have a price to pay. Set your face like flint with determination and declare, I will do it again. When it doesn't make sense, I'll do it again. When I have to go against the wind, I'll do it again. When all hell is breaking loose, I will not be crippled by confusion. I will not sway to the cadence of complacency. When it feels like hope has disappeared from the horizon and I've waited for rain, but I don't see any signs, I will look again, lifting my eyes to the skies. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand starting to expand, and it may start small, but little is much when God is in it. And I know I'll win if I just don't quit. Don't you dare quit. When you march six laps and still the walls won't fall, take another lap. You're closer than you think you are. You're closer than you've ever been before. Walk on. You've come too far to faint. He who spoke it is faithful to fulfill it. Show up today and the next day and the next day and the next day, press till something happens. Pray till something changes. Push till something breaks. Say within yourself, whatever it takes, whatever the cost, no matter what they say, no matter what I feel, I've got a job to do and I will see this through until God's kingdom comes and his will is done in my life. I'm leaving every excuse behind. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm taking up my cross and following the one who never stopped short, who never surrendered, who said he'd never leave me or forsake me. Jesus is with me always. He came and conquered. He died and rose again. And now he's calling me, causing me, commanding me to breathe again, hope again, trust again, give again, change again, expect again, rejoice again, fight again, rise again, right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, I will live again. Will you do it again?
Will you get up tomorrow and pray? Will you believe in the dream that God put in your heart? Will you stand with this couple and believe for Hamilton to be changed? Will you stand and believe in this church to affect this city, affect the nation? It's time for you. It's your time. It's your time, young people. Lay aside the world and follow Jesus. Older people, pray for these young people. Mothers and fathers, get on your knees and pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your great-grandchildren. That out of this church will come generation after generation after generations of ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we will affect the colleges, the universities, and every neighborhood that is in this vicinity. That we will cause change. That we will bring change. And that we will effectively, effectively cause change in that mall that I was in yesterday. You are called to do it again. Generations have passed. CT stood. Hudson Taylor, Amy, Mar- Mike, Amy Carmichael, all the missionaries, all the great men and women of God, they have done their part. They have played the game. They have entered the vision and the dream of God. It's time for us as the church now, today, at this hour, at this moment, to be part of the great dream of salvation for a broken and lost world. Let's stand to our feet. There's a sense of heaven in this room. Young people, I'm going to leave this altar. I want to see young people on their knees at this altar calling on God. This is time when you do business with God. The Holy Spirit will impregnate vision and dream inside your life that you will never be the same as you walk out of this building. You will feel impregnated by heaven itself and you will walk in that dream and that vision will become part of your life. Let's sing, my sister. I, oh, Jesus is calling. And I'll pray with anybody. Jesus is calling. Come on. Come on. Let's meet with heaven today. Let's lift our hands. And come on, the greatness of God. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, Jack. Jesus, bring your touch. I heard in a broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a dream? From the well, Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Regrets and mistakes Count today There's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring us all 
Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ Who oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus for the kingdom of God to be established and many generations will come after you says the Lord for many have gone before you and many will come after you you're not to work out the wires and the hells you're just to walk with me my plan is much bigger than you can even imagine or even say there are many things that you struggle with many things often you fight against but regard this plan it's much bigger and much greater you have a heart that wants to desire it yet often between your heart and your mind there's a great struggle a great battle for this day says God put aside the battle and walk after my plan and everyone that will follow you will be effectively changed for the glory of God. It's about numbers, multitudes of people that will follow you and that will see the glory and the kingdom being established. You will be a person of tremendous influence in Hamilton, Auckland, and other various cities around New Zealand. You will be in a place of prominence. You'll be in a place of influence. You'll be in a place of strategically strategizing the kingdom's establishment 
on earth. There will be a time, says God, that you will travel to nations, various nations on the earth. You walk into boardrooms, but these boardrooms will be different. They will be boardrooms of strategically strategizing the kingdom of heaven. And these individuals that sit in these boardrooms will be also men and women of tremendous influence that has chosen my plan above their plan. For naturally you have great ability. Naturally you can plan many things, says God. Naturally you can do many things. And those people in those boardrooms will be of the same caliber, the same mindset, but have chosen the plan of good above their own plan. And as you follow that, I will bless you, bless your children, bless your grandchildren, and bless your great, 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 great grandchildren. For ministry is in your DNA, ministry is in your blood, vision is in your heart, dreams are constantly provoking you, speaking to you. I want to tell you today that is eternity speaking to your heart. Embrace the call, embrace the plan. As the Apostle Paul said, forgetting that which lies behind, I press on to the upward call that's in Christ. Father, I pray over this man's life that he will follow your plan. He will desire your plan. And he will obey your plan. Yes, Lord. Ramando Robo Jesus. Jesus. I want to bring a word to this church, says God. It's a word that will blow your mind. I want to tell you, says God, this church is about to go through a transition of a spiritual awakening, a spiritual transforming, a, a spiritual glory moment, says God. You may see with the natural eye, but I see with the spiritual eye, says the Lord. For the heart of this place is the desire, the kingdom of God being established in this region and other regions. I want to tell you that dream is not the dream that was man-made. That's the dream that has been made from eternity. Before you were even formed, that was the dream. You are going to go through such a change that you're going to cause such a ripple effect right through the movement that will cause an unbelievable explosion of revival that this country has never seen or heard before. And the sense of worship that will come from this place will be supernatural worship. And children and kids will come from every quarter and every part of this city running to the house of the Lord. Your prayer meeting is, is about to explode. There's a desire that you will long to go into the prayer meeting and seek heaven. And as you seek heaven, as you worship heaven, you will see a sense of heaven evaporate and explode in your meetings that all of a sudden you will just feel what has happened in this place. And many of those kids who are from tough backgrounds will walk in and feel that atmosphere, feel that change and run, run to the altar and see unbelievable salvation after salvation after salvation. There will be an operation of the supernatural power of God 
being displayed in the spirit. People will get out of wheelchairs. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The lame will walk. You will see that reality, says God. That has been the dream of your pastor. For I see him on his knees, even when he was a young boy. He dreamt of great days. He dreamt of supernatural days. Well, it is not his dream. It was my dream that I placed in his heart. And that dream will be unfolded. And that dream will be your reality. And you will see unbelievable days that follow in the days that come. And you are just seeing today a small portion of what's about to happen. These, these young people group are going to explode with growth. There will be multiplication and more multiplication in the young adults, in the youth, and in the children's program. And many single mothers will walk in these doors and you will embrace them and you will nurture them and you will care for them. Many broken homes will walk through these doors and you will wrap your arms around them. And people will say there's a sense of heaven in this place. Lord says you shared in the days that follow are unbelievable days. Yeah. <laughs> They're days that you longed for, that you prayed for, that you earnestly sought heaven for. And God says to you today, that is going to be your reality. That's going to be your, your future. You are going to see unbelievable days in this house. So you have, you have striven, you have strived, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have given so many, you have financially blessed so many. But I want to tell you, says God, that is about to happen in your lifetime. That is about to happen in your life. And your boys will be used mightily for God, mightily with God and mightily through God. And the Lord says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to give you words of knowledge. I'm going to give you supernatural revelation. And that you are going to speak from this platform and platform from around the earth. And you will see the glory come as you just step onto the platform. You will feel a sense of God that you've never felt before. For it is my time, says God. It is my hour, says God, to do that in your spirit. Do that in your mind. Do that in your heart. For you are humble of heart and you are humble of spirit. And I will evoke you. I will provoke you. And I will fill you to overflowing, says the Lord. Now, let's pray for a miracle for Jamie. Let's ask God to do something that only God can do. We can't do it. We can speak in tongues all day. Only God can do a miracle. And we're going to pray that over the next days that this young girl will not only sit, she will walk again. Let's pray to God. Let's lift our voice to heaven. Let's ask God for a miracle. Come on, I can't even hear you. Come on, let's heaven hear you. Come on, ask God to do something supernatural in this girl's life. What a wonderful family. Come on, all across this building. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Lord. Holy Spirit, do a miracle. Let a miracle happen in this house today. Come on, let's press into God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
ask you for a miracle, Lord. That no man will lay hands. That heaven will do the miracle, Lord. Lord, we ask heaven will do something in this place. Lord God, it will not be the hands of man, but it will be the hands of heaven. We ask you, Jesus, even when she leaves this place, that something will fill her heart and faith will rise. We believe together as friends and as family. Lord, I thank you for this mom and dad. Where's the mom and dad? Bring them over here. I want to pray for this mom and dad. My God, supernatural people. Wonderful, incredible people. Hallelujah. What a beautiful young girl. What a beautiful family. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with them. Let's pray with them. Oh, God. Father, just touch this husband and wife. Lord, the burden is heavy, but your yoke is easy, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, bring a sense of lightness in their hearts. God, you love these people. God, you love this family. What a testimony of your unbelievable grace. This man's a mighty man of God. Hallelujah. Oh God, fill it to overflow. This lady, oh God, this lady. Yes, Lord, this lady. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Feel it, let her have a hallelujah. Let her have a hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. You're a mighty man of God. God told me to tell you, you're a mighty man of God. You're a man of strength. You're a man of valor. You're a man of integrity. And you're a man with a courageous spirit. The Lord sees your heart, my brother. The Lord sees your pain. The Lord sees your stress. The Lord sees everything. God says he's going to bring a whirlwind of freshness and of strength and vitality and blessing in your home. The Lord says the days that follow are great days. Great days. Supernatural days. Days of unbelievable blessing. Oh, Father, bless this man. Bless this man. Bless him, Lord God. Bless him. Jesus, just touch this lady in a mighty way. Deep intercession, Lord. Hallelujah. Touch this pastor's wife, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Now the glory's here. Hallelujah. Touch him, Lord. Grab him, grab him, touch him. Oh, Korama, Sandor, Bokumbraba. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep that piano going. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, just, I have a word for you, brother. Stop trying. Stop trying to be something that you're not. Just accept who you are and walk in who you are. Stop trying to be something that God has not made you to be. Be only who you are. Be yourself. God says, be yourself. Just be yourself. Stop trying to impress. Stop trying to show people what you have. Because you have nothing except me, says God. You are nothing except the grace of God. Lord said, as you walk in just being yourself, it will come natural. Lord said, stop trying to impress and be like what John says of himself. Lord, I must decrease that you must increase. Lord says, you have to decrease in order for you to increase. Lord says, time to decrease and begin to increase in God. Lord, just touch him. Just touch him. Yes, Lord, touch him. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray for complete healing. Complete healing. Vitality and vibrance, Lord God. 
She served you all her life, Lord. I pray a blessing of heaven on her body. Lord, a woman, the Lady of Zion. Lady of Zion, Lord. Lord, I pray that many young women will come around this home. The mother of Zion, Jesus, she served you unflinchingly, unwaveringly, Lord. Now I pray that Jesus Christ of Nazareth will bring loads of ladies around and she will just deposit nuggets, nuggets of wisdom, nuggets of revelation, nuggets of blessing. Lord, you see your heart. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, let these tears turn to joy in an incredible way. She has served you unflinchingly and waveringly. Heaven rejoices over you, sister. Heaven rejoices over you. God has seen your unflinching commitment to Christ. God says to you, you are a faithful servant. But more than that, you have been a faithful friend. God says, I didn't see you as a servant. I saw you as my friend. Just as I saw Abraham as my friend, I have seen you as a friend of God. You are a friend of God. You are a friend of heaven. And many of those around want to be like you, says God. And they will knock on your door and they will sit and have coffee and you will just offload the things of heaven and you will see great women come out of your door, become missionaries, become ministers, become evangelists, become preachers, teachers, apostles, prophets. You will see it, says God. Dream again, says the Lord. Dream big dreams. Dream big dreams. Jesus just touched this lady's life. Take the pain. Take the burden. She's carrying, Lord. Take the pain. Lord said, I'm going to give you a new heart. You have seen and you have suffered greatly. God says, those days are over. Lord says, weeping may last forever. Joy is coming in the morning. 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 Lay it down, lay it down, lay it down, lay it down, lay it down. Oh, Rabba Burro, come Ramasanda. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, just touch down in an incredible way. Oh, Rabba Burro, Solomon. Jesus, she's out of the boat now. She's out of the boat now, Lord. Holy Ghost, revitalize a refresher. She doesn't have to be strong doesn't have to Lord she's all she is father I just pray a supernatural blessing on her life Jesus river flow river flow river flow Jesus Jesus Feel the Lord when you pray for you against us. The Lord just give her a double portion of anointing. Lord's going to release the, the gift of teaching in you. You're going to teach many, says the Lord. The gift of teaching is going to explode inside you. Revelation is going to come and in a miraculous way. Lord says, just receive it and walk in it. But that anointing is going to train many. You're going to train many, says the Lord. Many disciples, young disciples for Christ going to train. If you have years of wealth of experience, the Lord says it's time to give it away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord told me to tell you, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, get, let me pray with you first and I'll give Lord told me that in the future, 
as you worship him there will be a release of angels in the atmosphere but these are not just angels that we see in our mind these are warring angels archangels and then there will be ministering angels but the archangels will be sent first and then the ministering angels will come because there will be a war that will be established to your worship because this when you worship there will be a battle and the battle will be won through your worship lord says you're about to see something of the heavenlies lord says, i found one that has a heart to really worship many sing songs but there are a few that worship in spirit and in truth the lord says you are one that i found that wants to just worship in spirit and in truth lord says out of that spirit of truth there will come just give a room guys there will come a sense of heaven in the worship in your home lord told me to tell you this before you go you're not to worry about your children i'm going to take care of it all stop worrying start trusting stop looking at the bank balance and start looking at heaven's balance but what you see with the natural is not what's going on in the supernatural says the lord what i'm about to do supernatural is going to blow your mind says the lord i'm going to do something quite extraordinary your children will be kingdom builders kingdom establishers forerunners for generations to come Lord, we lift that burden now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are we going to go on? I don't mind. I'll go all day. Where's the pastor? The pastor's going to kill me later. It's up to the pastor. I'm taking too much time. But it's not finished. How's that? You can stay. You can go. Please yourself go off the flow for a bit more. The uh, host team are going to be at the door receiving an offering as you leave because I really want to bless Patrick as he goes. And uh, So thank you. Can we give Patrick a hand? Awesome to have you with us, Patrick. So do you want to keep ministering for a bit more, Patrick? Yeah, we'll do that, eh? Yeah. Come early tonight. Okay. Great. There we are. So come tonight. Come early. 5.30 we'll start praying for the meeting. And um, we'll see where it goes from there. I declare God's blessing over you this week, wherever you are, whenever you're there. Be like Jesus. Bless our city. Bless our town in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you.